This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Imagine this scenario. You are rudely awakened at 6 in the morning. The doorbell's clanging right into your ear. You open the door, bleary-eyed and irritated. It's the milkman. He usually drops the milk pouch on the doorstep and leaves, but today you find him smiling at you expectantly. You realize that he's come for his monthly due. You thrust the money into his hands and as you stumble back to bed in your foggy head you realize that you've paid him much more than you did last month. A few hours later, you wake up to the sounds of vegetables and condiments sizzling in cooking oil in the frying pan. All the contents cooking inside are at least 50% more expensive than they were 6 months ago. And by the time you've stopped at a gas station on your way to work, it hits you really hard. 110 rupees per liter? Wasn't it in the 90s the last time? You settle for half a tank. You trundle through the month only to see your salary, which has by the way been recently restored from a 20% cut, depleting. What happened? When did you start living in such luxury? Or when did your family of four become a family of eight saki saiya to khub hi kamat hain mehngai dayan khaya jaat hai on monday government data showed that wholesale price index an average measure of what producers of goods and commodities charge retailers clocked a 12.54% increase in October over last year. That was a 5-month high. The previous week, the consumer price index, which is a similar measure for what retailers charge us, the consumers, rose by 4.48%. Both are used to calculate inflation, the barometer of how the people of a country spend their money. Inflation isn't new and definitely not peculiar to India, but its relevance and consequences are constantly changing in a fiercely dynamic world. What you pay for your cooking oil depends on what's happening in Malaysia and Indonesia. Your new phone is more expensive because a container ship is stuck somewhere in a Chinese port and couldn't supply a critical component in time. A political turmoil in the Middle East may result in you paying higher tariffs to your Uber driver. In this episode we discuss the vast and all pervasive topic of inflation. How different is the animal we are grappling with this time? Can governments and central banks do much to tackle it? Can it topple governments like it has in the past? Most importantly, will it continue to squeeze your household budget and sanity? It's Thursday, November 18. I'm Anirban Chaudhary and you're listening to The Morning Brief. Before I begin a very important disclaimer As a student of the 11th standard I was advised to choose the very uh, quote unquote scoring combination of economics statistics and math as my elected subjects That year I scored just slightly higher than 40% That academic failure has trickled down or ballooned however you want to see it to a bigger problem 
I am not money wise. Investments and savings are beyond me and economics in all forms is still Greek to me. How I survived as a financial reporter all these years is a subject perhaps for another episode. The purpose of this nugget however is to tell you that you dear listener and I will explore this episode together as we try and understand this very complex yet relatable topic starting from the very basics imagine you have kept 100 rupees in a safe and want to buy 100 apples after a year after a year you realize you can buy just 94 apples with that money what has happened the value of the note has come down to 94 apples from 100 that is 6% inflation There are two key ways to calculate inflation. The wholesale price index or WPI, calculated on a basket of heavy articles such as food, food products, chemicals, metals, machine, equipment and tools. Then there is the consumer price index, which is basically what you and I pay for things like food, housing, apparel, transportation, electronics, medical care, education, etc. This determines the real value of our salaries, expenses and ultimately our standard of living. What has currently worried India's economists are five things. Cost pressures coming from global factors such as growing edible oil and rising crude prices, a still shaky Indian economy which has the central bank's hands tied on tough measures, the rise of core inflation that is of prices of goods outside of food and fuel. a large part of it is based on maximum retail price which once raised doesn't easily come down fear of rise in food prices again and finally fears of a third covid-19 wave now for a little bit of background india has dealt with plenty of highs and lows of inflation in the last two decades the year 1991 98 and 2009 gave india the highest spikes in inflation but there's a lot india hasn't faced yet like hyperinflation remember i spoke about lesser purchasing power for currency in march the venezuelan government said it will print notes worth 1 million bolivar each bolivar is the venezuelan currency each bill is equal to a mere 53 american cents Now okay inflation is a subject that is as relatable as it is academic and highly technical In India your neighborhood kirana guy and your domestic help are as efficient trackers of it as your high flying chief economist of a global investment bank We'll hear from the entire range in this episode Let's hear what the first two have to say Kuch 6 mahino mein to kafi ग्रोसरी के रेट ऊपर हो गए हुए जैसे कि ऑयल हो गया सफोला ऑयल जबकि पहले रेट था उसका एट नाइन्टी छः महीने पहले अभी हो गया हुआ है ट्वेल्व सेवेंटी रुपीज़ फाइव लीटर्स का जैसे चाय चाय पत्ती हो गया है ताजमहल चाय पत्ती आज छः महीने पहले वन एटी फाइव था आज दो सौ रुपये हो गया है और बिस्किट्स वगैरह में देखने जाए तो मल्टी ग्रेन फाइव ग्रेन बिस्किट आता है ब्रिटानिया का वो भी छः महीने पहले फिफ्टी फाइव रुपीज़ था अब सेवेंटी फाइव रुपीज़ हो गया हुआ है जैसे कि प्याज हो गया डेली नीड के लिए प्याज आज छः महीने पहले थर्टी रुपीज़ के जी था आज फिफ्टी रुपीज़ के जी हो गया था और मिल्क प्रोडक्ट है सब कुछ बढ़ गया हुआ है जैसे कि बटर हो गया मिल्क हो गया हुआ है चीज़ हो गया हुआ है सब के रेट आज पाँच पाँच छः छः रुपये सब ऊपर ही हो गया 
मेरा नाम शिल्पा जाधव है और मैं नैने का काम करती हूँ पहले हमारी सैलरी सब सही आती थी जैसे मेरे बच्चों की और मेरी लेकिन कुछ दिनों से आधी आधी होके आ रही है तो हमारे जीवन में बहुत परेशानियाँ कठिनाइयाँ आ रही है जैसे भाजियों के दाम बढ़ गए हैं हम पूरा खरीद नहीं पाते हैं एक किलो की जगह हम आधा तक आ गए हैं टोमेटो आज अस्सी रुपया किलो है जो कि हम पाव पाव किलो ला घर चला रही हूँ शुगर का भाव बढ़ गया है और दालों का भाव भाव बढ़ गया है ऊपर से ये जो चना वटाना मुँह मटकी जो हम लोग खाने में यूज़ करते हैं उसका भी भाव दुगना हो गया है इसके लिए हम वो भी नहीं खरीद पाते हैं हर चीज़ का भाव बढ़ गया है चिकन मटन तो छोड़िए भाजी भी सही से हम लोग नहीं खरीद सकते हैं इतनी महंगाई हो गई है You see we are grappling with price rises on the heels of an economic recession and widespread losses of jobs and livelihood. That makes it more dynamic and definitely more problematic. Between 2009 and 2014, India faced close to double digit inflation after which there was a steep fall to about 4 to 4.5% till September of 2019. Then things started to change. I would say that uh, since uh, October 2019 we have actually entered uh, a new phase where uh, inflation is on the rise and if you look at the average cpi inflation uh, since october 2019 it has averaged around uh, 5.9% since then so not as high as the double digits day but definitely much higher than what we've seen in the prior phase that was sonal verma managing director and chief economist India and Asia except Japan at Japanese financier Nomura told you we'd give you the whole range between October 2019 to let's say February 2020 so the period prior to the pandemic when inflation picked up that was specifically actually more driven by things like the unseasonal rains which pushed up vegetable prices a lot of protein food inflation that picked up you also had uh, a lot of the telecom firms actually raising tariffs if you look at the period from february 2020 onwards which is when the pandemic uh, hit the economy uh, from an economic perspective the pandemic was clearly a very big demand shock due to the lockdowns also retailers charged uh, much higher margins and you can see that in terms of the wedge between uh, wpi and cpi inflation uh, across both food and a number of uh, core uh, inflation categories This was also the time when the government kept increasing taxes and duties on petroleum products. Before its latest cut last week, which was the first in 3 years, it had hiked central excise duty on the two products by 10 times since 2014. Both petrol and diesel have long touched upwards of 100 rupees per liter. States had hiked the value added taxes on uh, alcohol um and uh, in certain categories like airfares where while travel volumes were quite limited airlines actually were charging more per seat what we did find quite interesting is that uh, you know when prices adjusted higher during the pandemic uh, the adjustment down uh, when the lockdowns ended was not full so there was only a partial reversal that took place global factors played a massive role prices of commodities such as edible oil soared 
Remember, India imports 66% of its edible oil consumption. Naturally, the hike in global prices led to a two-fold increase in cooking oil prices this year. Prices of crude oil and metals also increased. The pandemic has also led to massive disruptions in shipping and logistics across the world. Ports partially shut down. Containers and container ships were stuck for months. This led to their global shortage and resulted in massive delays of critical equipment. Like semiconductor chips that power everything from cars to refrigerators to mobiles. In fact, I did a couple of episodes on them recently. Do listen to them. Now, with cases of COVID-19 waning, increasing rates of vaccination and easing of lockdown rules across the world, demand has started increasing. But supplies still lag. That has kept prices up. In May, for the first time in five months, retail inflation or consumer prices in India grew at 6.3% compared to the previous year. That surpassed India's central bank's comfort level inflation range of 2-6%. Yes, there is a comfort level for inflation too. You see, increasing prices within a range are driven by higher demand and purchasing power, which are signs of a healthy economy. However, as price pressures continue to mount, the common man continues to be impacted. In fact, I would say that the households have been affected quite perceptibly on account of higher prices, especially of food items, as well as of uh, fuel items. Because uh, on account of the pandemic, I think lots of uh, people have uh, encountered this case of loss of job or diminishing uh, income because lots of people went in, lots of companies went in for salary cuts. Now, this has been exacerbated by the fact that we've had inflation being high. And when I say inflation being high, because last year we had inflation of 6 to 7%. This year we're running in the region of around 5 to 5.5% on an average basis, which means that cumulatively we have had inflation in the region of around at least around 12%. So 12% cut in my overall real purchasing power, combined with the fact that my nominal purchasing power has also come down, that is my income has come down, has definitely pushed back the incomes of people. This has affected both consumption as well as savings. That was Madan Sabnavis, Chief Economist at Care Ratings. What it really means for consumer is that uh, the underlying uh, cost of living is going higher. Uh, consumers, of course, in India, you know, uh, spend a big proportion on uh, food. Uh, but the issue here is that it's not just food costs uh, which are moving up. It's also the cost of, you know, uh, driving around, cost of services, cost of goods that you're buying. So there is a more broad-based pressure on uh, uh you know, prices across the board, which if incomes don't increase, uh, can be a negative for consumer demand over a period of time. Usually, the Reserve Bank of India, the country's central bank, its guardian and godfather of all things money, tackles inflationary pressures by taking steps to cool consumer demand. How? It increases the rates at which it lends to banks, which in turn hike their lending rates to customers. So, spending drops, prices drop and inflation slows. This time, however, the situation is different, says Subnavis. Let's assume we're talking of a situation where I want to increase interest rates when uh, inflation is high because I want people to borrow less, spend less, so that aggregate demand comes down. This kind of a logic will not really hold if your inflation is being driven on the food side. 
So if my food basket is increasing, say, by around 8 to 10 percent, which was the case last year, like say edible oil prices are going up, can we actually control inflation today by increasing interest? The answer is definitely no. Similarly, if I look at things like transportation, rent, clothing, how many of us actually borrow? There's no leverage which is there when we are consuming these products. Today, when we are examining the the sources of inflation. I think inflation has been uh, uh, coming mainly on account of the supply side factors, international factors of commodity prices increasing, or they being supply shortfalls in terms of agricultural products. I think that is what has been driving inflation in, 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 the, in the current context. And it's not really a case of saying that Indian industry is expanding because it's borrowing a lot of money and that's leading to the excess demand forces. So therefore, it becomes a bit difficult for the RBI to take a call on whether it should actually be increasing interest rates. Also, India's economy shrank 7.3% last year due to the pandemic. It has started to recover and in fact, the RBI estimates a 9.5% growth this year. But to keep that target, it has to keep interest rates low. They are, by the way, at their lowest levels in a decade. But RBI has said that really tough measures could lead to something called stagflation which is a really bad combination of a shrinking economy and rising prices. The central bank is also concerned about the rise in core inflation. Remember the CPI calculated without fuel or food? A good example of it is pharma companies planning to raise medicine prices. Once the maximum retail price or MRP on these are raised, they won't reduce easily. This, Subnavis said, is true for a lot of products whose MRPs are rising. Varma says the RBI should change its stance. Uh, I would say in India and uh, globally as well, central banks have taken a stance that uh, growth you know, is a clear priority. So uh, higher inflation is being tolerated. And this has been uh, a calculated risk. But I would argue that uh, that was then and uh, things are now changing. Uh, what we are learning is that uh, we have to essentially learn to live with uh, COVID-19. Uh, our view is India is going to see stronger growth impulses uh, going forward. Uh, cost pressures are clearly building up and there's going to be a limit to how much companies can uh, take a margin hit. So uh, monetary policy cannot be stuck in uh, emergency mode uh, and balance of risks are changing. Uh, and central banks, uh, including in India, need to assign a greater weightage to inflation risk versus uh, growth going forward. I mean, this was the right strategy, but uh, this strategy needs to evolve. Also, maybe in the new normal and with rapidly changing and evolving consumption patterns, there is a need to rethink the very items that are used to calculate inflation, the weights and the basket itself. Uh, what we have seen historically is that typically as the economy is uh, developed, the amount that is uh, spent on food comes down, whereas the amount that's spent on services does increase. So the CPI weights uh, should uh, reflect this uh, changing uh, composition. Uh, there's greater online purchases that are happening right now than offline purchases. So the sample survey should capture this uh, 
maybe we need better way to measure house rents as we capture right now in cpi inflation uh, wpi for instance uh, largely captures uh, goods inflation uh, this should be broadened out so that we also capture the inflationary pressures that the services sectors uh, and services producers are uh, facing okay frankly tackling inflation in today's world is a global puzzle In the US for instance inflation levels are at a 30 year high there are in fact similar pressures on the american central bank to increase interest rates it has called the price increase transitory this year has been very very unusual because we are talking of a situation i think it's happened after a very very long time it is i can't remember in the last 40 years a situation like this where the entire world economy actually dropped in terms of growth there was a negative growth rate for the world economy and then suddenly we see a bounce back taking place which has led to this uh, supply demand mismatches i don't think any of the central banks have been able to visualize such a situation and therefore i think when uh, central banks all over the world we've heard the fed say it we've heard the ecb say it we've seen the bank of england say it and of course the rba was always saying it that even though inflation has been on for around 18 months they consider it to be transient so when they say it's transient it's essentially a case of saying that these are unusual circumstances something which should get corrected i would say that uh... you know high inflation yes is a challenge in uh, many uh, advanced economies but if you look at different countries the problem right now seems to be mainly in countries like uh, us uk uh, now starting in euro area and a few other advanced economies uh, you know there are also countries with low inflation right now so you do also have a japan a china indonesia thailand uh, where inflationary pressures are quite low our view is you know what's causing this divergence is really the strength in demand so us uh, for instance gave a much larger fiscal stimulus which did uh, you know lead to a fairly significant pickup in demand for goods i think also it's important you know what's causing this uh, inflation so if you have for instance a situation where you have elevated energy costs you know which feeds into fertilizer prices food prices then it becomes a fairly challenging uh, environment for emerging markets uh, because you know the share of uh, food uh, in the consumption basket is quite high Uh, you know us monetary policy uh, for instance next year is a faster pace of normalization than what markets are expecting uh, then emerging markets could actually face a fairly uh, difficult environment in terms of uh, high inflation which is eating into the consumption prospects at a time when global financial conditions are turning adverse back to the india story my colleague chaitali chakravarti Deputy resident editor at ET and a veteran at tracking the consumer goods industry tells me that demand and consumption in India are rising. An upbeat India just out of the throes of the lockdown is loosening its purse strings on food, phones and items of personal care. In fact, a recent ET report said that the consumer goods market increased by 21% on year in October owing to festive season sales. consumption is also about how you are feeling and not just about how much you have in your pocket so at the moment india is feeling good because they are just coming out of this lockdown and as far as low income group consumers are concerned you know 
it's the job losses are not as much as it was last year people are coming back to jobs you know the construction has started off so uh, you know bridges and all these highways construction has started there's a boom in housing construction and there are lots of people who are coming from bihar and orissa up to work so now the situation is reversing and it is reversing quite fast chaitali also tells me that since the lower income group is spending less on travel and weddings that has led to savings to be splurged on consumer goods you know the major expenses of the lower middle class and the even the semi rural population pertains to travel for pilgrimage or to visit the extended family or for weddings so travel has now reduced and weddings have also become very small affairs especially when such events have been cut buying fmcg or other small purchases may have been the only way to keep the feel good factor alive you know so that's why you know there was a boom in diwali sales and it was not just in the urban center but also in rural semi rural areas because people were waiting for this period subnavis however isn't very optimistic i would be a bit cautious but when i'm viewing this recent boom which we have seen in demand during the diwali season so it's one thing to say that people spent a lot because there was pent up demand but i think the important question is that will this increase in demand be sustained over the next couple of months and this is where i think inflation plays a very important role because uh, if my purchasing overall purchasing power has been cut on account of uh, limited increase in nominal income as well as higher inflation on a cumulative basis this definitely does denude my uh, consumption power between overseas and local triggers subnavis tells me the former will ease in less than a year but both he and varma fear that food inflation will continue and that's saying a lot remember food is one of the most important items in the price basket food prices uh, yes they will uh, continue to rise uh, we do see a lot of risks around uh, food inflation the increase in fertilizer costs uh, is leading to an increase in cost of uh, food production so our expectation is you know wheat prices could end up moving higher next year sugar prices can end up also uh, accelerating from where they are right now and we are already seeing uh, quite a significant uh, upward pressure on you know pockets of pulses and uh, edible oil uh, prices so on the whole uh, from less than 2% uh, food and food and beverage inflation right now uh, our expectation is uh, we will have uh, food and beverage inflation essentially in the 5 to 6% uh, range over the next 12 months and finally what about politics and governance After all there are assembly elections coming up in no less than 5 Indian states next year primarily in the country's most populated state of UP There was a time when inflation or mehangai used to be a key campaign agenda of political parties In fact the exorbitant prices of onions did lead to the downfall of a government in the 90s In fact this was a key campaign agenda even in the 2014 general elections महंगाई को लगातार बढ़ाने वालों जनता माफ नहीं करेगी चलो हालात बदले देश की सरकार बदले भाजपा को वोट दे अब की बार मोदी सरकार कैन दैट स्टिल होल्ड ट्रू सबनविस एंड वर्मा गिव मी काउंटर ओपिनियंस 
Okay. See, I would tend to think that uh, while inflation is definitely something which affects uh, all households, all individuals, and in the past also we have seen that uh, high prices of onions has brought down the government, not just in 1990s, but we also saw it in the late 70s when uh, governments uh, came down on account of higher prices of onions. And uh, it is true, of course, that uh, things like onions still continue to uh, make politicians' eyes water because this is still a very, sub uh, a very sensitive subject for individuals. But I think that the electorate too has been a bit more, uh, let, let's say, they're more world-wise or they have their own opinions which have been formed. And their opinions are also swayed not just by economic factors like growth, employment and inflation, but they also keep looking at uh, other issues. And we have seen that issues concerning nationalism or in terms of uh, religion, could also be playing a role in terms of uh, of how, how exactly people vote in different elections. And even during the second wave, uh, we had seen that uh, in all the states which had elections, uh, conditions were not really congenial in terms of uh, the lockdown, in terms of employment, in terms of uh, inflation. But that did not really come in the way of uh, the way in which people voted. So inflation is becoming uh, a political issue. And I would say this is not really surprising because the pandemic uh, has impacted uh, more uh, the lower income households and the smaller firms, what we call the K-shaped uh, recovery, where the well-off have done much better compared to smaller firms and lower income households. So, yeah, this could become an important issue in the upcoming election. So, you know, whether we are looking at uh, the economic uh, reason or the political reason, uh, both of them actually argue for keeping uh, inflation in check. India, like many other countries, will continue to grapple with inflation. But will it be always able to make sense of it in the new normal? Will a steady economic recovery help us to tackle it better? Or will a third wave of the COVID-19 pandemic make matters worse? Let's wait and see. You were listening to Inflation and the India Story on The Morning Brief with me, your host, Anirban Chaudhary. Producers, Anjali Venugopalan from The Economic Times and Varun Kapahi from Awaz. Sound editor Swati Joshi from Awaz. Executive producer Arjit Barman. Thank you and have a good day. All clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits are given in the description below. <laughs>